So my wife Jody and I, we have two teenagers at home. And, and soon we'll have two teenagers at home that are driving. So, I mean, the first thing we're asking for is your prayer. And, and, and the second thing that, well, actually, here's why I'm not too concerned. I'm excited because both Jake and Ava took driver's ed. How many here took driver's ed growing up? Do you remember that? So, so tell me, you can shout it out loud. What's unique about the car in driver's ed that you take out? The brake. I heard it by three people. The brake, there's a brake, not just the normal brake on the, on the driver's side, right, which is good to have, uh, but there's a brake on the passenger side, isn't there, guys, where, where, where the teacher sits. And, and that's pretty awesome. It's funny, when Jake, when Jake got done with driver's ed, I asked him, he, one of the days he drove, I said, I said, did, did the teacher have to use the brake on you? And he said, no. He said, not on me, Dad, but he did on my partner. And then he said multiple times. I'm like, are you kidding me? Because I, I never, I never, he never had to use it with me or my partner, but he did with Jake's partner. And I laughed about that. I said, did he still pass? Jake's like, oh, yeah, which kind of concerns me. I mean, <laughs> you, you know, what, do you have to roll a car before you fail? I mean, holy cow. I, uh, I thought to myself, I thought, that'd be kind of cool if, like, those brakes on the passenger side were on every car. I, I thought that'd be kind of neat. But then I quickly thought, it actually wouldn't be. Because my wife, Jody, I love her, but she would wear it out. Okay, because every time we get even close to a stoplight, she's like, Monty, honey, honey, stop, 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 stop. I'm like, Jody. She's like, you're scaring me. I'm like, you're scaring me. So it's just, she gets really tense when I get close to cars. Now, have I ever rear-ended anybody? Twice. But anyway, that doesn't matter. So actually, true story. But so, you know, the brakes, whatever. So, but driver's ed, here's what I can tell you about driver's ed. And those of you that took it, you know it. Eventually, you've got to go from the classroom, from the seat, to the teacher teaching you about driving, into the seat, to the driver's wheel, to where you're taking it on the street, literally. Until you do that, you really, you really will never understand it. I'm convinced, as a church, we will never really understand the church until we take the, st- the church from the seat to the streets. This is what we're preaching in this series, and it's going to be exemplified and magnified next Sunday. And I thought about, I thought about what do people want to invite? I said, I think to myself, next Sunday is the time to invite. If there's ever a time to invite someone to the church, it's not to come sit in a building, it's to come be the church. So I think it's one of the best weekends of the year to invite somebody to come be a part of what's happening. But I'll tell you, this isn't just like my opinion. Jesus said it all over the word of God. Like, you know, his marching orders, I say it all the time, the, the Great Commission, we call it, or us Christians label it. But what it is, is Jesus telling us, this is what I want you to do. And he says it in Matthew 28, 19. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations. Go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. Baptize them like we're going to be doing in a few weeks. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go and make don't just, we, we can't just sit and take, we got to go and make. I'm so passionate about this. And here's what I want you to know today. There's an area in, in, in your life where you can make not just a big impact, but I believe the biggest impact when it comes to taking it from the seas to the streets. And that impact is in the next generation. Here's why I say that. You all know somebody in your life, like, like you've been, you, maybe you've been, maybe you're a parent or you're a teacher, or you're a coach, or you're a mentor, or you're a brother, 
or you're a sister, or you're a friend, or you're an aunt, or you're an uncle. And here's what I want you to know if you fall into any of those categories, which I bet every, almost everybody does. There's someone looking to you. There's someone that would listen to you. And ultimately, the young generation will follow you wherever you lead them. This is such, this, I'm so passionate about this because the reason I fell so much in love with kids ministry when I first started serving in the church is I heard these stats and maybe, I, I've shared these, I think I've shared these before, but I want you to see these again. Look at this one. It says a person's, is it the moral foundation? Yeah, the moral foundation of a person is generally in place by the time they reach nine. So their moral compass, their, their, their thoughts of what is right and what is not, they're already in place by the time they're nine. And on top of that, when it comes to even being a follower of Jesus, the majority of Americans make a decision about who Jesus is, whether he died and rose from the dead by age 12. They're already making that decision in their head. That's how, that's how big the next generation is. It's why we pour so much into kids' ministry into youth ministry. Kids is birth through fifth grade happening right now. Youth ministry, sixth through twelfth grade happening on Wednesday night. And it's our most important ministry. And I always share, when I see the children coming out of kids ministry, I love asking them, did you have fun? And their answer is always, yeah, it's never been no, thank God. So they, they have fun. But, but I never really ask them. I mean, I'll ask them what they learn. But listen, I already know they're learning about Jesus. I, I know the curriculum. I know they're getting Christ on their I already know that. But if it's not fun, they won't want to come. Like, I don't know if you grew up in a church like I did, and I'm not, I'm not, it just, I wouldn't describe it as fun. I would describe it, well, I won't go there, but it, it wasn't fun. And, and, and I think church, even for you guys, even for adults like us, it should be, we should laugh a little, we should have a little bit of fun. I mean, enthusiasm, the, the, the literal word enthusiasm derives from two Greek root words, which is en- and theos, that's where enthusiasm comes from. Those words literally mean in God. In other words, the more that you get into God, and the more that God gets into you, the more excited you should be. That's why we believe church should not be something you endure. It should be something you enjoy, because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Yes. Yes. So we need to exemplify that joy we should be the most joy-filled people in the world. So, the teaching today, I love when you bring your Bibles. I encourage it. Please, please, please consider bringing them or, or your phone where you go to the Bible app. But um, we're going today to Mark, the Gospel of Mark, and we're going to chapter 10. And I'm going to start in the 13th verse. And it'll be on the screen if you don't have those things. But again, I love God's going to speak to you. You're going to want to write or highlight because he's got a word specifically for you. Listen to what, listen to, listen to how the next generation matters to Jesus. One day some parents brought their, their kids, their children to Jesus so he could touch them and bless them. But some of the disciples scolded the parents for bothering Jesus. When Jesus saw what was happening, don't miss this, he was angry. He was angry. Like he wasn't just like a little defiant, he wasn't like, oh, that's... You know, a little upset. He was angry with the disciples. He said, let them come to me. Let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these kids. What does Jesus mean by that? 
Jesus continues, I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. That's a big statement. Then Jesus took the children into his arms. Just picture the scene. He, he placed his hands on the children's heads and he blessed them. I, this is one of my favorite scriptures in the word of God. And it teaches us so much in just that passage that we read. And here's what I derived from it when I read it again this week for you. We need to bring our children to Jesus. And we need to bring Jesus to our children. See, it's both. See, we need to do whatever it takes, first of all, to bring our kids to Jesus. Like to get our children in environments like this, like the kids ministry, like youth. It is absolutely crucial. Why do I say that? I'll give you another stat. I know I've shared this before, but, but, it, but it blows me away. When both parents are involved in church, go to church, there's a 72% chance that the kids will go when they're an adult. If the, fam, if, the, if the parents don't go, there's a 6% chance that the kids will ever think a place of worship on a consistent basis, gathering with other like-minded people, is a big deal. That is so huge. In other words, they're watching us. They're listening to us. And most importantly, they're modeling what we think is important. If it's not a priority for you and I, it will not be a priority for them. I guarantee you. I'm so grateful, my mom, even though she drug us into that Catholic church and the, the front pew was waiting for the Gannons as we walked in 25 minutes late, it didn't matter. She was getting us there. And she, she, was, she was just relentless about getting us into a place where, where we can learn about Jesus and watch people worship and just get an idea of what it's supposed to be. And if you don't think it's a big deal, you, the more you read the word of God, the more things that you never really maybe saw, you'll see. Uh, our, our purpose groups, our discipleship group, discipleship group started again this, this, this month, and we're reading the Gospel of Luke right now. So I'm reading it this week, and it hits me. In Luke 4, Jesus is starting his ministry. Jesus gets baptized, right? He's an adult. He gets baptized. He, he, the Holy Spirit leads him into the desert where he's tempted for, for 40 days, 40 nights by the devil. Of course, Jesus wins because Jesus always wins. And after Jesus gets tempted... Do you know the very, very, very first thing he does? I'll read it to you. It's in, I think, yeah, Luke 4, 16. After Jesus is tempted in the desert, he, he went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up by Mary and Joseph. You know who they are. Listen to this. And as was his custom. In other words, and, and as usual. And as like they always did, he entered the synagogue, the place of worship on the Sabbath day. And this time he stands up and he reads. As was custom. Jesus, it's just what he does. And the more you read the word of God, and especially, obviously, the New Testament, you'll see he's always going into the synagogue. He's, I mean, always. It's all over the place when you, when you open your eyes to it. It's so amazing. It's what Jesus did. It was just normal. Jesus is like, well, mom and dad brought me here. I did this, and now I'm, now I'm an adult. This is what I do. I go there, and we worship, and we read, and we pray, and we sing, and we praise, and we learn, and then we go from the seats to the streets. So it, it's so huge. I, uh, I'm <laughs> far from a perfect dad. If you're debating that, my kids would love to talk to you about that. But uh, I, uh, I remember six years ago when we moved here, uh, Jake was in wrestling in South Dakota, and we were, he was wrestling here too. 
And we wrestled here for a while, we did practices. And then Jake's like, I want, Dad, I'm done. I'm sick of practice. We've been practicing for a long time. I want to I wanna do some tournaments. So we, we got the schedules, and almost every tournament was on a Sunday morning. And, and I said, we looked at the schedule, we talked about it, and I said, Jake, you know what this means, the fact that they're always on Sunday morning. And he said, yeah, looks like I'll be skipping church. I said, no, he didn't say that. He did not say that. But I was proud of him because, and he said it reluctantly. I mean, he wasn't excited about it, I'll tell you that. But he said, I guess I suppose I won't be able to do that. And I said, yeah, I mean, it looks that way. But he made, he, he you don't, probably don't remember that, Jake, but he made that call. He made that decision because he knew that the family had already made that decision. So it's just, this is what we do. We go to the synagogue. We, we, we go to the Sabbath. We read the word of God. It's just what we do. And so, so Jake, you're starting trap. Trap is, uh, if you don't know, it's like shooting clay pigeons. And uh, so he wants to start doing that. The high school teams have this now. I can't believe it. I grew up in a high school that didn't even have like tennis or golf or anything. And anyway, that's a sob story. But uh, they got trap. They shoot trap. And... Uh, Jake, I don't know if you could have picked a more expensive thing to do. I'm just going to say it out loud. I just, my guy, he, he sent that list. Well, you need a gun, turns out. It's hard to shoot him without a gun. You need a gun, and then you need, you need the vest, and you, you need the thing that holds the gun. You need the eyewear. You need the earwear. You need the bag that holds it. You need all this stuff. Oh, and the shells, which I picked up yesterday, which I took out a loan for. So you need all this stuff. I'm like, Jake, what's wrong with the swimming team? Speedos are cheap, you know? <laughs> I mean, not that I would know, but that, you know, I'm just guessing. I'm guessing. Jeez. But, but here's the exciting thing. Trap, many times, it happens on Sunday, but it's in the afternoon. So it's something that we can make happen. Jake can still come to church. He can still serve in the church, and he can still do some fun things with other students. And so we do, we do not always get it right, but I'm telling you, activities... I love activities, baseball, football, soccer, basketball, all those things. But when our kids see that baseball practice and show choir are, are more important than, than, than seeking Jesus, that's what they're going to believe. That is what they're going to believe. So I'll just, <laughs> uh, and I'll hear, I'll hear things sometimes, and I don't judge because I'm in no place. But I'll hear things sometimes like, well, that's what, that's what they decided. The third grader, that's what they decided. That's what makes them happy. I'm like, you let your kids make all the life decisions? I mean, I, I love our kids, but can we agree that they don't always know what's best for them? I mean, come on, Jake, we're looking at cars right now. If Jake got, if you got what you thought was best, you would sell a kidney for a Pontiac Firebird, wouldn't you? I know you would. I mean, seriously. <laughs> Jake's like, that's a thing. No, it's not a thing. <laughs> no. It's not. But we, as the adults in our families and the influence that we have, we have to lead. The best decision is the one that's going to help your child be the person that God created them to be. That's the best decision you can make. I promise you. They can do plenty of activities that don't hit the time of worship. I, I know it because we try to do it ourselves. But you need to know something about your church and the kids' ministry that we have. We are sold out to your kids. We are sold out to pointing them to Jesus. So I wrote down, we believe through our kids' ministry, they could change the world. And I believe it wholeheartedly. It's not just something we say. And we are committed to teaching them about falling in love with Jesus and the church. As I see a child taking notes with their Bible open in the front row, we should give God some praise for that. I'm so proud of you. 
Jeez. But, but she was raised up in the kids' ministry. And now she's part of a youth ministry. And, and that's what's going down. So, but we're committed. And here's what I know about you as a parent. It's what you want. It's what you want. You know, I mean, they're not going to find their hope in football. Come on. Do I need to elaborate? I mean, seriously, they're not going to find their hope in football. They're not going to find their hope on Facebook. They're not going to find their hope in their friend group. They're only going to find their hope when they put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And we will do whatever we can to point them to the one that will never let them down. That will never leave them. That will never forsake them. That's what we want to do as a church. Elementary, I asked Bethany, who oversees our kids' ministry, amazing leader. I said, what did they learn in this week? I know it's Jesus, but get, be specific. She's like, the preschoolers, the, the two-year-olds, they're learning about the fruits of the Spirit. I mean, do we even know the fruits of the Spirit? That's pretty good. Love, joy, peace, patience, and some other ones, you know. But they know them. They're learning them. Our elementary, birth through fifth grade, they're learning today how they can be saved and set free from their sin through Jesus Christ and what it means to be baptized. That's what they're learning in the kids' ministry. It is not a daycare, man. It is a place where they are being trained to be godly leaders in our community and in the world. we got to do whatever it takes to get them to Jesus, okay? To get them to Jesus Christ. Not Taylor Swift, right? You know who you are. I mean, if we were, if we were as adamant about getting kids to Jesus as we we're, were to Taylor Swift, I mean, the devil wouldn't stand a chance. And I don't even get it. Is she even good? <laughs> I don't... So, some of these girls out here are ready to just charge the stage right now. Yes! I'm like, I mean, Guns N' Roses, I get it. Taylor Swift, I don't understand. I just, whatever. Okay, so, our youth on Wednesdays is unbelievable. We have a group of 30 plus kids that gather on Wednesday nights. If your child is 6th through 12th grade, you should do whatever it takes to get them into this environment. I promise you, you won't regret it. Do you know what they're learning about right now? They're in a series called Abundant Life. They're learning what it means to live according to the way that Jesus said, and not just exist, not just survive, but to thrive right where they're at in their schools, in, 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 on their teams, in their friend group. That's what they're learning. Oh, by the way, do you know what the series they're going to be doing in a couple weeks? Or actually, it's probably a couple months because we're really preparing our hearts and our leaders for it. It's a series on sexuality. And the four topics, I'll just give them to you right now. Purity will be a week, pornography will be a week, gender will be a week, and homosexuality will be a week. And you might be like, whoa, my gosh, you're teaching that to the, yeah, yeah, you should hear what they're talking about at lunch. You should hear what they're, they're reading about online. It's already all over in front of them. And, and so the world's talking a lot about, we know the enemy's talking a lot about it. Here's the thing, God has a lot to say about those subjects, so why not let him get in front of them and tell them what those things are and what those things mean in his plan. That's what we're going to do. We're talking about the things that impact them. This is real stuff. It's real life. And we want them to know we're going to do it, and we're so, we're so cautious and careful because we, we, we want to do this God's way. So pray for our leaders and youth as they, as they prepare their hearts to bring the word of God in these, in these topics. It's a big deal. Understand, now, I understand something. Parents, many times we think like we're doing the right thing because it's what culture and society does. Like, okay, we can skip once in a while because this is the right thing to do. Or it's, maybe it's not the right thing to do, but it's not that big of a deal. But I'm, I'm telling you, I wrote this down. I said, well, look at the scripture. When the disciples were holding the parents back from Jesus... The disciples thought they were doing the right thing. They thought they were doing the godly thing. 
They did. It isn't like, oh, we're going to get Jesus all ticked off today. Let's keep the kids away. No. They thought, this is what the Lord wants. Jesus, you're okay with this. In fact, you want us to do this. Kids, get back. Families, get back. Children were second class back in that day. Women were second class back in that day. They thought they were doing the right thing. The enemy will convince you that you're doing something that's okay when you're not. They were convinced of it. And Jesus is like, you got it. He was angry. Remember the word he used? He was angry. You're keeping the kids from me? You would keep them from me for that? Here's what gets me about the verse. i got to go back to it. This isn't even in the notes. But it says, one day some parents brought their kids to Jesus. The miracle worker's coming to town. The one who turns water into wine. The one who takes, who takes bread and multiplies it. The one who, he speaks to nature and it listens. That guy's coming to town. And some of the parents thought, yeah. Let's do it. Let's, let's have Jesus touch them and bless them. So, I can't believe, can you not believe it doesn't say, every parent in a 35 to 50 mile radius did whatever it took to get their kids to get a glimpse of Christ. To get a glimpse of the Messiah. If he could just touch my child. If he could just bless my, it doesn't say that. Some of them. Some of them. And what did, what did Jesus do with the some of them? He touched them. And he blessed them. And he celebrated the fact that they were there with him. This is so big. We've got to bring Jesus to our children. Oh, first of all, we've got to bring, I get them confused. We've got to bring our children to Jesus. And now we turn the tables and we bring Jesus to our children. We do, we do this by the way we model it, adults. By the way that we love and we, we get, parents, I know you, you get it wrong just like I do. But then to be quick to forgive and ask for forgiveness. To be, to be modeling in your homes, in, in prayer at night with your children. Do, the, do your kids see you in the word of God? That's how you bring it. That's how you bring Jesus to your kids is that you're Jesus to them. And, and we get, I get it. I get it wrong too. But, but do, you, do you at least model it the best you can? Are you praying with them? Are you, do they see you getting ready for a group to go to group and be with others and learn together so you can be a better parent, a better spouse, and a better servant of the Lord? Are we doing that? Are we bringing Jesus to our schools, right? You'll see today um, that there is a, a, a table in the Welcome Center. Oh, it, it's near and dear to me. It's called Teammates. It's a, it's a program I, I was introduced to when I first moved here six years ago. And it's uh, Tom Osborne, the great coach of the Huskers, and his wife Nancy started it 30 plus years ago. And it's, it's mentoring children in schools where it's just one hour a week that you would find a time. And, they, and they train you up. They tell you what to do and how to interact. It's all, they don't just throw you in. There's, it's such a good, um, um, structured, a thorough program so that you get all the training you need before you ever do it. But look at these stats. Did I, I don't know if I, I hope I gave them to the team. Yeah, yeah, good. 55% of kids that have a mentor in the school system through teammates, 55% show academic improvement. That's huge. 72% have fewer unexcused absences. 85% of the kids that have a mentor in, the, in their school for them have fewer disciplinary referrals. 78% are more likely to volunteer regularly. And if that's all not enough, there's benefits for, for, for us, the mentors. 92% of mentors report leaving their mentoring time with the kid in a better mood when they arrive. Some of the spouses right now are, you're going to mentor. You know what? Well, you need to be in a better mood. So this is, this is so amazing. 
And, and, and people will say the schools are, oh, the schools and what they teach. And no, they took prayer out of the schools. And they, they can't bring the Bible into the schools. Okay, but we could bring you. And if, and, if, and if you know God, you could bring the love of God with you. And if you know God's word, you could bring God's word with you. And if you've surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, then you could bring the power of a living God inside you, with you, to them. It's living in you. I, I could get excited and shout about it all day long. You know that. But here's the thing. Now, I'm going to say this lovingly, but, but because I hear a lot about schools and what they don't do. Listen. We can't complain about schools not allowing prayer. Listen, we have no right to say anything. If you're not praying for your kids at home, don't complain about it not being in the schools. That's what I would say. And I'm speaking to me just like I'm speaking to you. If we're not praying with them, what, is it the school? I mean, think about that. So, I'm so excited about today. I, uh, I started mentoring Edward uh, when he was in seventh grade. And he recently graduated, so I've been with him for the whole six years I've lived here. And I, I talked him in, I suckered him in to, to, to come in here and sharing a word with you. So give it up for Edward as he comes up to the stage. Get on up here, bud. So awesome. So awesome. You nervous? <laughs> a little bit, he says. I love you. So as we get situated, I'll give you a little bit of Edward's history. So we connected when he was in seventh grade. And Edward grew up in Bellevue. He's got grew up with a brother, a sister. That's yours. Grew up with a brother, a sister, and a mother. Your father really wasn't in your life, right? No. Um, so, closer. So, that was your upbringing. You and I got connected through teammates. You were again in seventh grade. How did you get connected to teammates? Like, what made you say, like, raise your hand and say, "Gosh, I want to be on that list to to have a mentor." My sister got me into it first, and then after that, I don't know, it just really clicked into me that I needed someone in my life to really show me which step I should take in life. Oh, that's huge. So your sister, was your sister in it? Yeah, my sister was in it. She got a mentor, but I think her mentor passed away, and then she got another one. But, yeah, she was, she had a couple of mentors. That's awesome. Life. I love that. So, so you're hearing how it gets... It gets poured into somebody else. How did he hear about it? His sister was mentored. She liked it, and she wants what's best for you. So I love that. So I, again, I want to thank you. I know it's this isn't a normal setting for you, right? <laughs> but I'm so proud of you for doing this. Edward, Edward, we just got to say it out loud. Edward made me sweat a little bit this morning. I'm not going to lie. Like, you want to tell? I'll tell him. I'll tell him. I'll tell him. So I'm like, Edward, here's the deal. You get there at 830 You'll hang out with me, and we'll sit over there, and we'll worship together, and, you know, then I'll call you up, and blah, blah, blah. 8.30, ain't no Edward. 8.45, ain't no Edward. 9 o'clock, no Edward. So I'm texting at this point, like, Edward, no response. 9.10, sweat rolling down the brow. I'm like... I'm talking to my kids. They're like, call him, Dad, call him. I'm like, I can't call him. So I call him. Edward's like, hello? I'm like, Edward, 40 minutes you were supposed to be here. He's like, oh, yeah. He goes, I'm just getting in the shower. I'm like, well, take your time. <laughs> oh, my God. So we still got a little work to do, don't we? But, yeah. you know, it's so funny. Why do you do these things, Edward? I'm, so we got to pray. Um, it's hilarious. So let's go here. You and I have talked, like, 
most weeks for six years, I, I, I asked this question to you and I, and we talked about it a little bit. What are some things, like you remember, just like over the years, what are some things that you remember that you and I would discuss? We went to the zoo, and there was a couple of activities that we were able to do, like board games. But I think we also went bowling as well, right? I yeah, think we so, did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that, thank you for bringing that up. So outside of, like, just the hour that we would meet at the school, like, they would set up activities. And if it works for your schedule, you can do it. So we went bowling, um, board games. I think board games we played predominantly. That was, like, 7th and 8th grade. That's pretty much all we did. Yeah. I remember you cheating. I just, it was it just, I don't know. You know, I don't get it. But, but in all seriousness, we, that's what we did a lot during those hours in 7th and 8th grade. But you're talking also about activities that we did outside, which I love. We went to the zoo. We went bowling. Um, what are some, like, it, in our date, week-to-week discussions, what, do you remember what we talked about? Like, some of the common things you and I would talk about? About my grades in school and just anything personal, just whenever we got to that section, I guess, but at the same time, just school, personal, how life was outside of school, inside of school, just anything in general, just It was things. anything. It was so cool because you were, you were able to talk to me about things that you probably wouldn't maybe bring up with your mom or, or a brother or sister or even a friend. Um, how come you didn't say we talked about girls, Edward? Because we talked about them a lot, didn't we? That's personal. <laughs> <laughs> That's personal, he says. That was one of our hot topics, you know? We talked about girls, oh my. So, but <laughs> we, um, we did talk about, it, it, it wasn't anything like, like, oh, this is epic. It was week to week, casual, how are you doing? How are things going? I love teammates because it'll send you their grades too. So you can, you know, we, you know, you, you struggle in areas, and we would talk about that. And you know, I'd call you out a little bit. And you're like, yeah, I got to bring that up. And it, but it, we did it in love. But we were able to talk about things like that, and uh, just things that were real going on in your life. You can't believe what Edward and, and kids his age are dealing with. I mean, it's so different, and. We talk about some personal things that as we got to know each other more. um, But it was just, it was just life. I like what you said. You said we just talked about life. What are some of your biggest memories? I know you mentioned the zoo, which was such an epic day, bowling. Anything else that when you think about our relationship or or having a mentor, anything else that stands out to you? Just in general, just us talking, I guess, just us just being able to just like talk to each other and like just people, I guess. Our relationship is pretty special. Um, so Edward, uh, I mean, I don't want to brag, but Edward graduated early. So, I mean, I just, you know, <laughs> so, but you did graduate early. Yeah. So from, from, from going to someone who maybe, uh, you know, has some struggles and like a lot of kids in, in school, but you would bring grades up. You graduated early. Um, I remember, <laughs> Edward, I'll never forget, I think it was maybe eighth grade, maybe it was freshman, I can't remember if it was high school or middle school, but remember the time that you and I were talking, and you had to admit to me that you got in a fight? Oh, yeah. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. My first question was like, did you win? You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but what would describe that? Were you nervous telling me that, or do you, do you remember that day? Uh, yeah, no, we just wanted to see who was stronger, that's just the main thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so... <laughs> I love it. 
So that, but that, that, actually, that fight that you got into in school actually spawned something in you, an interest. What is that? Yeah, boxing. Uh, was My mom took me to a Christian church and um, off of Q Street, and I just got into it. It's just, it became a sport that I loved, and I'm thinking about going pro in it eventually. He's thinking about becoming, this is the next Terrence Crawford right here. A pro boxer. So you're part of a boxing academy in South O, right? Yeah. And I still, I still want to get there and watch you. I haven't, I haven't been able to do that yet, but I want to watch you practice and work out. And, uh, and no, you're never going to get me in the ring. I'm going to tell you that straight <laughs> up right now. That, is, that will never happen, Edward. I've seen videos of you, and that's never going to happen. But interest in your life really peaked as we talked. And even through things with high school, um, conversations. Do you remember? Oh, so recently, share with them what we've done recently, like, like, uh, what what you you came to my house? What'd you come yeah. to my house for? Uh, I went to his house to watch the fight, Terrence versus Spence, and we also you picked Spence to win, and I still let you in my house. You're lucky. What? So, um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. That was a great night. Yeah, and then we went to downtown to go see Terrence come back from Omaha for his festival. We did. Yeah, for his parade. We did. So Terrence Crawford, if you don't know, is probably the best pound-for-pound boxer in the world, and he's from Omaha. So after we watched that fight, and of course he won that epic fight, we went on that Saturday morning, me, you, and my son Jake. Yeah. I learned something about Edward. Like, this dude doesn't sweat. I don't even understand <laughs> it. It was, it was probably 100 degrees. He's wearing jeans. I think he had probably a parka on. I don't even know, get it. But we're, we're there, and Jake and I are taking turns going from the, sa the shade to the sun, as we wait for Crawford to come with this parade, Edward's just sitting there like nothing, not a bead of sweat, just standing there. I'm like, Edward, I grabbed your water. He's like just holding the water, not even drinking it. I'm like, what in the world? <laughs> you were just cool as a cucumber. But that was such a fun time, and that's an experience that you and I had together, and we're going to have more of those. We want to do what I love, and I'm guessing this isn't unique to Edward and I's relationship, but technically my tenure with Edward was done the day he graduated. I mean... Our, our meetings were done. We meet, you meet at the school, and, and it doesn't need, this doesn't need to continue. I love that it did, and I'm so grateful that you're in my life. Edward shared something. We, we met at Red Robin over a great burger and bottomless fries this last week, and uh, we didn't get the shake, and I'm disappointed. Oh, yeah. We need to go back. <laughs> so Edward said something to me that day, and it floored me. I got to make sure I know I put it down. Of course, my notes aren't flipping right now. But in a sense, here we go. This is what you said. Because remember something. During our six years together, COVID happened, right? So there was over a year that him and, him and I didn't get to see each other and didn't, didn't get to meet in that capacity. And I did not see this coming, but as you were talking to me at Red Robin, you said the hardest time during high school is when you and I didn't meet. And I'm like, that makes me want to cry. <laughs> you know, that, but that, that warm my I think sometimes I forgot how much of an impact we, were, we had together and maybe took it for granted. But when he said that to me on Wednesday, I think is the day we met, when you said that to me, it blew me away. Edward, what will you say? I mean, we have a teammates table in our welcome center right now. My dream is that those 20 kids are snatched up today. You've lived this life. You've had a mentor. What would you say to anybody watching online, all these people in the room, what would you say, why should they mentor the student? I feel like the main thing is just that there's a possibility you can save a life of a child because 
when I was in high school was hard, especially dealing with like relationship wise, whether it was with friends, the teachers, or even like girlfriend wise. Um, and kids go into that dark place and that time of darkness where they need someone there to be able to just talk to them and just be able to just have someone there that they can truly trust other than their family or their friends and just someone who can show them the correct pathway to having a better life in general. Yeah. I want to make sure... I want to make sure I heard you correctly. The first sentence you said is you could save a life. Yeah. Okay, I see a lot of things on, like, on online on where, like, kids take their own lives mainly due to depression or other things. And or a kid can take another person's life because of their anger or sadness. So We, we see it all too often, don't we? Yeah. Edward has dealt with things in high school that I, I'm sure I don't even know. But I, I'm sure grateful that you were able to tell me a lot. And share a lot. And here's what I'll tell you uh, uh, regarding prayer in the schools. Did, did we bring prayer into the schools, Edward? Uh, after like two years we were together, we started praying. Because then you, you talked about God and then we started talking about God little by little. Then, yeah, just I had ulterior motives, didn't I, Edward? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Edward, I gave you a gift when you graduated. You want to share what it was? Yeah, it was a Bible with um, my name printed on it. And it was, it was a nice gift. I liked it. And I still have it. And I, and you I'm better still have it. Well, yeah. It was a graduation gift. It was. It was. It was. It was. You know, I, I felt like I was like, like I don't know, in a movie. Because I had my backpack that day. had a Bible in it. You know, you're not supposed to really bring that in, but I don't really care. So I brought <laughs> it in, and I go there, and they don't check all that. So just so you know, I hope Kaylee's not listening to me out at teammates. But anyway, so I brought it in. I, I just pulled that thing out. And I was so filled with joy. And then to see, give it to Edward, and just, it, it was just so meaningful. And I, and, and I, I hope it was to you, too. I know it was. Um, anything else you want to share, man? Just in general, if you're willing to put in time and effort into a kid, just know that they're, whether they show it or not, that they're really grateful for it because there's always hard times and everything. And I don't know, maybe they can start doing the same thing for others. Okay. And that's, thank you for saying that because before I let you leave the stage, I want to share a scripture because. You're doing something, and I don't even know if you knew you were doing it, but Paul mentored Timothy uh, in the New Testament. Paul was on close to dying when he wrote 2 Timothy, and he wrote this to Timothy. Listen to this, Edward. Uh, he says, Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many other reliable witnesses. Then he says this, and this is what I love. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. What I love about teammates in particular is they really encourage like those who get poured into to continue the trend. Right now, 195 former mentees are mentoring other kids through teammates. They're giving it away. What you're learning, you're giving away. Edward's giving it away, and he didn't even know it. So Edward has formed a relationship with, with my son, Jake, who we've talked about today. And uh, you're teaching him to drive stick shift. Yeah. <laughs> dude, I'm praying for you, dude. That's scary. Yeah. You're awesome. But you're pouring into my son. He texts you. You encourage him. So you're now giving it away, what's been given to you. Can we give him some love and gratitude for being here today? All right. Well, thank you so much.
I'm so proud of you. Stick around there, okay? All right. Praise God. And if, and if all that wasn't enough, if all that wasn't enough, check out the screen and watch this. When I was seven years old, uh, I lost my father. My school counselor um, kind of understood that I was going through some tough things and suggested to my mom that the teammates program was there for kids that just needed like an extra person to like spend time with them and just believe in them. And She was in, I believe, the third grade when we met and she always had a spark to her. She loved both of her parents and I think it was really tough for her and they knew that, the teachers knew that. And so that's when I came into her life as a, an additional caring adult. The biggest transformation that I have gone through is just the amount of confidence that I hold within myself. The first day we met, she told me, you're gonna go to college, like, you're gonna do this. And I was like, you're right, like, I'm gonna go to college. And so I ran home and told my mom, and she was like, of course you are, but like, I think that's when she started to recognize the impact that Nancy was gonna have in my life. You know, I'd be consistent and, and uh persistent and, and, and try to make it a fun and happy time together, it's definitely important. It's like important with your own child to be there when, when they need you, you know, and that's the way I think it's important to think of this is if I was doing this for my own child, what would I do? She's just always been there, even to the last moment, like my graduation day, like she was there. I think that's one of the most significant parts about teammates is that You'll never lose that person. You never. You always know that they'll be there. You know, just seeing Izzy um, as she is today, a grown woman, uh, very capable and very uh, responsible and very happy. So, I mean, what more? It's like your children. What more can you want for them than that? I am so thankful for everything. I don't have any words to express that, Nancy. I just, I love you with my whole heart, and I'm just so grateful that you were in my life and that you stayed with me for so long. So thank you, Nancy. I hope you'll stop by the table and just check it out. One of my biggest fears as a pastor and as a dad, I've shared it before, and I know that you're not supposed to have fear, but I'd rather just be honest with you rather than pretend I'm somebody that I'm not, but... When I got called to lead a church and be a pastor, biggest fear was and still is, is that eventually my children may leave the church or may, may leave the faith because the dad that they see on the stage being so godly and amazing is not the same dad they many times might see at home when I lose my temper when I say things I shouldn't, when, I, when I'm depressed and in myself and moody. This is why I'm so grateful for people like Edward. Jake can't just hear it from, I tell you all the time, your, your, your earthly father will let you down. You know that all too well. I'm so grateful they have people in their lives other than me, other than their mom, Edward pouring in to Jake, 
So grateful for our kids' ministry. Jake's been going to kids' ministry since he's been a baby. Ava, since you're two. So Jake has a little head start on you, but that's okay. That's okay. I'm so grateful for our youth that pours into them. I'm so grateful for Catherine pouring into Ava. Carissa pouring into my daughter. Teaching her what it means to be this woman of God. When sometimes... They have, he has, they have me at home failing. I'm so grateful for Edward pouring into Jake, for Sam and, and Destry pouring into him, for Sarah mentoring Jake. It's guitar lessons, but it's so much more. I'd say the guitar is secondary to what's happening there. I'm so grateful that I don't have to do it alone, even as a pastor, and you don't either. Your earthly daddy will let you down, kids, but your heavenly daddy, that father. So let me close with this. Jesus says, come to heaven like a child, with childlike faith. What does that mean? It means my father said it, and I believe it because he loves me. It's like as a kid, you tell your kid to do something, and they're little, Go ahead and step out in the street. They're going to do it because you're their dad or you're their mom. I trust you. I believe you. So I'll do it. Childlike faith, I wrote down, I just believe it. For God so loved the world that he sent Jesus. Childlike faith says, you know what? I believe it because my father said it. And he loves me. Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. I believe it because my father said it. And he loves me. Jesus Christ would give up his life, die on a cross. I believe it, childlike faith says, because my father said it. And he loves me. Childlike faith says Jesus Christ was dead on the cross, but then says that three days later he would rise from the dead. I believe it because my father said it and he loves me. Childlike faith says I believe that Jesus Christ is coming back again. I believe that because my father said it and he loves me. And I came to tell you God has you here for a reason so that you would know that when you believe in him and his son Jesus Christ that those things are true that he was dead on a cross to save you from your sin and yourself I pray with every the depths of my heart you don't believe it because I'm saying it you believe it because your father said it and he loves you you don't need to believe the resurrection because I said it Believe that Jesus Christ, a dead man, brought himself back to life to prove to you that he can save you from anything. Believe it because your father said it, and he loves you. Sell out to that today. Ask him to come into you. Ask him to forgive your sins. Trust that he will do it and send his Holy Spirit to save you. You're not going to be good enough. You never will be. Why? Because your father said it, and he loves you. It's not about, no, it's not about being good. It's about knowing God. What he says is true, and you can trust him. Ava, Jake, you can, he'll never let you down. He'll never let you down.
He sent his son to die in your place because he loves you. Surrender your life to that today. Mark a card, tell us. Type it in the comments, tell us. You are saved by God's amazing grace through your faith when you believe that the Father said it. And he loves you. He does. Check out the teammates' table. Change a life like Edward. So many kids are waiting. It, 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 it breaks my heart that there's even a waiting list. That is wrong. Not with, not with a church like Meadows. That, we can take care of that like that. I'm going to leave you a scripture, and then I'm going to pray for you. 2 Timothy 2a, we'll finish what Edward and I read up here together. Always remember, Timothy, these are the parting words of Paul. Always remember this. Timothy, if you hear nothing else, if you forget everything else that we talked about, laughed about, cried about, remember this, that Jesus Christ, this descendant of King David, was raised from the dead. This is the good news I preach. If you don't hear anything else, Jesus was dead and today he lives. If you will wrap your head around that miracle, believe that. The Father said it. He loves you and sell out to that. I promise you, your life will begin to change. I love you. I love being your pastor. I love moments like this that we get together. Show up next week. Let's be the church. Show up today at Teammates. Show up today in your family. Bring your kids to Jesus. Bring Jesus to your kids. Father, we thank you for your truth. I thank you for Edward having the courage to come up in front of people he don't know and share how his life was transformed. And I, it wasn't by me. Lord, you know, you know my heart. I can't. I, I will take Edward down farther in a hole if it's up to me. But, but you in us, you're the one that makes the impact. You're the one that gets the glory. You're the one who changes lives. God, continually work and move in our church. Continually draw our hearts to what draws to you. God, I pray for the people that need to surrender their life to you. They thought they had to be good. They, th they thought that that was the answer. That's heaven. No, no, no. You're the only one good. And we're not. That's why we desperately need you. That's why we need Jesus. That's why we're so grateful for the, for the cross being empty, for the tomb being empty. We are saved by your grace through our faith when we believe what you said. You, why would you, and you ain't lying to us. You love us. God, for the person that walked in here feeling unloved, unworthy, forgotten, and downtrodden, speak into their spirit and their soul. Bring them up to the prayer area, God. Carry them up here after we worship in song. Let's minister to them. I can't wait to see how we blow teammates out of the water this week, and they're blown away by the response. I can't wait till next week when G. Stanley Hall, Westmont Elementary, and the people that run, or the, the man that helps take care of everything here at NCC are blown away by a church that is, that is bent on taking it from the seats to the streets. God, we love you. We thank you for Jesus Christ. He is the only reason we have hope. We will sell out to him, God, every step of the way. Keep helping us surrender to you, calling on your name, and giving you all the glory. I pray this in your son Jesus' name, and the church says, amen. Hey, I want to thank you so much for tuning in today. But don't stop there. Like or subscribe to this channel so you don't miss a single video, update, or message. 
And not only that, share this message with a friend or somebody that you know. So many people out there need hope and encouragement, and you have the ability to bring that to them. Finally, if you're in the Omaha area, we would love to have you join us. We would love to meet you. God bless you.